2: Com. Com slash compatibility. This is the Greg
4: Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On V-SIN, the sports Betting Network.
5: It's our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSYN, the sports Betting Network. Fortunately, in the commercial break, I did not get traded to the Phoenix Suns, so I am going to be with you for hour number three as... Also not getting traded to the Phoenix Suns, Brad Thomas. He does amazing work at NBC Sports Bet. Hey, I think that he could probably be coming off the bench and he'd be able to give the Phoenix Suns some minutes at this point because they're going to be lacking a lot of bodies moving forward. But with that said, with Brad, he does amazing work over at NBC Sports Bet. We're going to be chatting with him about the Super Bowl, and then we're going to be giving you guys a little bit of a view of the Waste Management Open. He's got some picks on the golf front. He's got a few EPL picks, and... I'm sure that we're going to be bringing up with them his takeaways with kevin durant getting traded if he's got any sort of a take on that as well because i just gave my take in the last segment if you miss it slash podcast we post up every single hour that we do at the network here on there so that'll be up within the next few minutes for your consumption and your downloading pleasure but we've got to make you some money on this thursday and unfortunately there aren't a lot of places in which you're able to bet the no in terms of a lot of these titles, uh, actually, where I sit at Circa, in terms of taking a look at the no in terms of a lot of titles, they're really the ones that do the best job of it. So I'll give them a little bit of credit where credit is certainly due on that front. And we got to try to make you some money for this Thursday. The Super Bowl is going to be terrific, but that's until Sunday. And really, other than Circa, you can't bet the no on a lot of these future props. So let's try to find you guys a little bit of money and try to take a look at some of these games I think are going to be very fascinating for this Thursday, and let's start with a game that it's a team that I get asked about so much, and I it, it's going to make sense when I explain why in a second. As we go 8:39, 8:40 on the Benny Ward, Hawaii is going to be playing UC San Diego. UC San Diego is between a 10 and a half to an 11 point favor or an 11 point underdog with UC San Diego totals between 129 and 130, and Reason why I always get asked about this Hawaii Rainbow Warriors team is because, well, out there on the island you've got that nice time differential. Especially on Saturdays, if someone has a poop tastic Saturday of sports betting, a lot of people are gonna be like, "Ah, oh, I went two and three or I went three and four. Typically for some of us it's a little bit worse. Trust me, I've had days that have been significantly worse than like a two and three or a three and four. It happens to the best of us, so do not feel bad on that front, but that said, I, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I've got a, I've had a bad day. I've lost some money. Oh, look, a game in Hawaii. I am able a bet on that. So I have to think that I've never asked a bookmaker about how they view Hawaii, but I have to think that they probably have a little bit more intel on Hawaii because these games probably get bet so much more than you'd find in a normal West, big West game, because there are schmucks like me that absolutely love betting on these games and it's a little bit of a standalone game. So there's that. But that said, I do like the Rainbow Warriors in this spot. I set them as a 13 and a half point favorite. This is a team that has been very dominant on defense. You take a look at Hawaii in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They're 25th in all of college basketball. At home, they're giving up 87 a half points per one arm possessions. That's about 10 and a half points fewer than they're allowing in a roadside neutral court environment. And as we know, when you travel to Hawaii, you're probably going to be treated to some good food, some good hospitality, and a whole lot of distractions if you're UC San Diego. And it's a UC San Diego team that has not been able to do the world's greatest job on defense, turns points a lot on a per possession basis. This is a team that's clocking in at 265th now. Interesting note about UC San Diego. They're actually giving up 7.9 points fewer per one arm possessions when they're in a roadside shoot court environment than they do at home. That said, now you have to go to Hawaii. It's not the same as traveling from the city of San Diego and going to Northridge or anything like that. You're going to the island. So I do throw that out a little bit. And they do have a guy in Price Pope that I do like. He's been able to give this UC San Diego team right around 17, 18 points per game. Shoots in the mid 30s from three point range. But it's a UC San Diego team that have scored 65 points of fear and regulation in each other. last four games. They've had an overtime game along the way. And. They were able to get over that 65-point threshold in overtime, but in terms of the normal 40 minutes that you see, 65 points are fewer in every one of them. The game before that was that triple overtime game against Long Beach State was just absolutely insane, but taking a look on the flip side for this Hawaii team, you've got Kamika along with Bernardo De Silva. Both of these guys give you right around 7 to 7.5 rebounds per game, and I do like what HEPA is able to bring to the table in terms of three-point shooting. He's six ten, very 39% of his series. For a wide team, that they're a modest three-point shooting team, about 32.5%, 33% for three-point range. Noel Coleman has been able to do a solid job for the team, 13 points per game. Javon McClain Chip's in there 11 points per game as well. I do think that this is a rough matchup. For a UC San Diego team that they do have a couple guys they're able to take a look at down low, Emmanuel Shaminga, along with Francis Noakore. These two guys have been able to give you about 12 and a half to 13 rebounds per game, but you really don't have a lot of outside shooting outside of Bryce Pope, and I do think that Hawaii is going to be able to just stick this team in the mud because with Hawaii, they've done an amazing job just being able to get the games at their tempo, 290th in the country in terms of total possessions frame. They're actually playing slower recently as well, and it's a Hawaii team that I think is really going to be able to bear down on defense. I did set my total at 126F. If you're tuning in late night hoping for points, I think you're going to be disappointed, but if you tune in late night expecting Hawaii to be able to get the job done, hopefully you will not be disappointed. I'm on the late here with Hawaii, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. I have a very interesting matchup involving the slowest team in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game. And they're going up against a team that's playing relatively fast. Sub 75, sub 76 on the betting board. North Texas, the Mean Green playoffs to UAB. The Blazers of UAB are between a 2.5 and a 3-point underdog. Total on this game is 128.5. Mostly seeing 2.5. So the 3 that I'm seeing is currently where I sit at Circa. But... That said, with North Texas, I did set them as a three-point favorite. Two and a half is the maximum one to lay, but I am willing to lay the two and a half with them. Last time these two teams played, it was without Jordan Jelly Walker in the fold, and it was North Texas who went on the road. They got it done in a game in which UAB failed to get past 55 points. I believe it was 62 to 51 the finals. Stayed way under the total, and this North Texas team is just doing a supreme job of getting their style. And their style is... A game so ugly a mother can love it because with this North Texas team among your 363 D1 teams, they rank, you guessed it, 363rd in terms of total possessions per game. And let me just put it to you this way. North Texas is playing at a rate of about 61 possessions per game. No other team in college basketball is below 63.2. So not only are they the slowest team in college basketball, they're the slowest team by quite a bit in all of college basketball. And you've got Tyler Perry. You've seen him perform on the silver screen. Now he's performing on the hardwood. Obviously, a different Tyler Perry, but 17.5 points per game, shooting 46% from three-point range. He's going to be the most dominant scorer out there on the floor, and I know that you're saying, well, Jelly Walker's out there. Walker Walker's not 100% right now. He's been able to give the team 13 points or fewer in the two games that he's come back. I believe he had eight turnovers in the last game as well. He has not been himself, to say the least. He was able to help the team get the job done against Florida Atlantic when he returned in that first game, but... Certainly, that's something that you do want to be taking note of. Now, you do have someone like an Eric Gaines who's able to give you 12 points per game. I've like Trey Jemison's game, 7-footer that came in from Clemson a few years ago, 8.5 points, 7.5 boards. He's able to give you multiple blocks per game, but Abdul Usman, I think, is going to be able to do a good job down low as well. 11 points, 6 rebounds out of him. They bring in someone like a Jalen Martinez. He comes in from New Hampshire. He's been able to do a solid job of just really knowing his role. Not a guy that has been able to give you a lot of scoring with right around about 6 or so points per game, but gives you 5 boards when he needs to take a 3. He's able to take it and he's able to make it. And for UAB, just deal with all the injuries even though they do have someone like a KJ Buffin down low. He's been able to do a good job being able to give the team right around 7 rebounds per game at 10 points per game. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of an issue. Last time these two teams played, North Texas did lose a rebound battle. I do think that that is going to be happening once again. They lost that rebound battle by kind of 32 to 26, but they also held UAB to one of 10 three point shooting. It's a UAB team that, when Jelly Walker's been out there on the floor, they've been a top 25 team in terms of total possessions per game. But with this North Texas team, they just do such a supreme job of getting their slow, grimy style. I mentioned Usmane a little bit earlier 13 points, six rebounds in that first matchup. And in that first matchup, Kyonsberry, the forgotten man of North Texas, he had 19 points in that game. I do think that North Texas gets the job done once again. I'm willing to lay up to the two and a half that I'm seeing right now. I do think that things are going to be pumped up tempo just a little bit. The first game with, without Jelly Walker in the fold, I do think that this game is going to be, and I do think that this game is going to be close enough to where you get late game felling. So I did set my total at a 131. I'm willing to go over and I'm going to be willing to lay two and a half and absolutely nothing more with our good friend, the Mean Green of North Texas. Now let's take a look at a nice fader Rooney that we've been able to take a look at all season long, and they're coming off of a win, so that means that they're in for a nice letdown. 7.91, 7.82 on the betting board. We head to my home state of Wisconsin, UW Green Bay, going to be playing us. Oakland. Oakland is a 10-point road favorite with your total between 139.5 and 140. This UW Green Bay team is still terrible. I know that I came on, I gave a big giant rant, and then of course UW Milwaukee. Just threw up there a big giant turd in that game. And UW-Green Bay, I think that they made like 15 threes in that game. And I'm not even kidding. This is a UW-Green Bay team that despite that outburst that we saw against UW-Milwaukee, they're still shooting 29 and half percent from three. They're still in the bottom 20 nationally in terms of points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis and for this Oakland team. And it's not been the world's greatest stretch for them on defense. They're 41st in the country. Serves points a lot on a per possession basis, but they're going to be able to win that battle down low. You've got Trey Townsend, Keaton Harvey. They combine for just under 14 rebounds per game, 28 points per contest. Both of these guys shoot north of 36% from three point range. When it comes to UW Green Bay, Cade Meyer is the only guy that gives you north of four rebounds per game. They're currently dealing with an injury to say Blake. Their main point guard. I think that this is a UW Green Bay team that's in for a letdown. I do think that Oakland gonna be able to tighten up the screws on defense. semi total 135 and a half, diving under with UW Green Bay made them an 11.5 point underdog. So one to late ten here with Oakland. And coming up next, I'm gonna be joined by Brian Thomas. He does great work at NBC Sports. But gotta ask him about the Kevin Durant news. But we're gonna be diving in with the Super Bowl with him next here on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sportsman Network.
1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
3: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs>
4: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network.
5: This Sunday is going to be the last Sunday of football. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is a place to be as you can win up to ten thousand dollars in bonus money instantly by playing in our exclusive Bet Rivers Squares this football season. Place ten dollars or more in qualifying bets and you get a square on the house. And if your numbers on the square match up with the final score of the game You win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions are available at PetRiversquares.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to be joined in a minute by Brad Thomas, who does great work at NBC Sports Bet, And when we booked him originally for this interview, we were thinking, all right, we're going to be taking a look at the Super Bowl, we're going to be taking a look at the Waste Management Open, what have you, but I'm going to need to lead off with just. everything that we're seeing in the NBA, because it's not just Kevin Durant who got traded. We also did see Jakob Erdl get traded to the Toronto Raptors. And the Raptors have had an objectively terrible year this year. I am not sure why they necessarily made this move. Perhaps it's far beyond 2022-23. And I like Jakob Erdl as well. And if there's one team that has been able to get it right with regards to Tankapalooza, it has been the San Antonio As They have been relatively terrible at being able to just get any sort of wins whatsoever. I think that there was a point early on during the season where it's like, all right, the San Antonio Spurs were able to pick up a few wins because I think that they started out the year five or two and then zoom right down the tubes. I mean, man, it's not great there, but what is absolutely terrific is our good friend, Brad Thomas. He does great work at NBC Sportsbed and you're able to get all the picks. Made by made by myself, Brad, what have you, visa.com slash pics. And Brad, always great to have you aboard. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me, man. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I wanted to see your beautiful face and wanted to show mine. But either way, we get to talk some sports, so I'm still excited.
5: And we get your wonderful picture up on the graphic as well. So <laughs> that's always nice. But before we dive into the Super Bowl, and Androsby, we're going to be diving into the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts on Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns and the Suns all of a sudden becoming number two in the betting market in terms of a futures perspective? Because with the Phoenix Suns, I just have so much trepidation with this team because now with the trade, they have no depth at all.
2: Listen, so every Wednesday, I take my nap right around the first set of the game. I wake up and I thought that I was dreaming. Like (laughs) it didn't feel real, right? And then when I first saw the first Set of, uh, of trade uh, assets, I was like, wow, they kept Mikel Bridges. But then I looked and I was like, no, Mikel Bridges is gone. Pretty much everyone's gone. This mentality of the Suns kind of feels desperate. You, like, you can win with a Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, but you lose the league's best defender. You lose all of your depth. If there's even the slightest issue or injury, you're not making a run you're losing a ton of assets a ton of picks. it's going to be exciting to watch but i just don't think that team gets them to the top we we haven't seen a team that has a bunch of superstars with zero depth ever win an nba championship
5: yeah i'm right there with you brad and i made this joke a little bit earlier if you're going to bet on the phoenix suns you might as well eat at the restaurant five guys and i like five guys this it's a very, very nice establishment, but that's all you've got. Five guys with the Phoenix Suns, and then you've got absolutely nothing else, and you've got to have a little bit of variety in your life. You've got to be able to have some change-ups, so we shall see what happens there. I do think that it's going to be so interesting to see how that plays out, and obviously it's going to be really interesting to see how the Super Bowl plays out as well as with this line. It's been saying relatively stagnant. We've seen a few places go from one and a half to two, but mostly – We're seeing a line of the Eagles being a one and a half point favorite total on this game at 51 in most spots. How are you taking a look at this game? Because I personally do think that this is going to be a little bit more of an under game. I have not really been deterred at all by what I've been seeing in terms of the news. And I was thinking that perhaps I might be having a little bit of a change of heart as more things came out. But there's really been nothing that has come out over the last week and a half to have me change my perspective on this game.
2: Yeah, Greg, when you think about this game in comparison to other Super Bowls, right, the total is higher. That's because when we think about these Super Bowls of the past, we've seen the elite defenses. We look at that Los Angeles Rams team, the Bill Belichick defenses of the, of the New England Patriots, even look at the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defense that they had. Now we have two teams, and this is no knock on the Philadelphia Eagles, whose actual prowess should be based offensively. But at the end of the day, it's still the Super Bowl. And these two teams know that they don't want to make mistakes. I lean a little bit to the over, but I actually believe that if you want to play the total here, you want to make sure that you wait for one of two things to happen. You want fireworks early in the first period, and then you bet the under, or you want a stale three-point first quarter, and you bet the over. Live line will probably sit somewhere around 44 and a half. It's totally doable. The one thing about these two teams that makes me nervous about playing an under is at any point in the game, neither one of them are out of it. So if there's a, a 20, 21 to 10 advantage late in the fourth quarter, that game could still go over because there's two explosive offenses who are going to be throwing bows back and
5: forth. I think that that's such a good point that you bring up. And I think that that plays into a lot of the props that you're going to be taking a look at, because I know that you're on a lot of wide receiver props slash tight end props over, Who have you all fired in on that you think is going to be having a big game in the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, so my first prop that I was really interested in, and I I actually took the more juiced-out route, Um, Travis Kelsey over six-and-a-half receptions. Uh, If you want to play him at seven-and-a-half receptions for plus money, that's totally cool, right? I, I think Travis Kelsey's in line for an opportunity to have a massive, explosive game. If you look at the weakness, if you want to call it a weakness, in the Eagles' defense, it's against the tight end position. They go from second in defensive DVOA to sixth in defensive DVOA. And when the margins are this thin in the Super Bowl, that is a position that you can totally exploit, right? You want to talk about the snap share. The snap share of Travis Kelsey on this team in this Super Bowl run has been absolutely ridiculous. He has outsnapped every single player except for Juju Smith-Schuster and Patrick Mahomes. So we want to see what is he doing with all those snaps. He has the highest target share percentage at 24 and percent targets in every game this postseason, So he's going to be looked at very often. And we all know Travis Kelsey, he's been there. He's done it. Mahomes is going to trust him more than guys like Juju Smith Schuster, more than MVS, more than Kadarius Tony. So I expect him to rely on Kelsey a lot. I didn't want to take his overline, even though I do think it's a good option. Because as we've seen, Travis Kelsey has caught a lot of those little like shovel passes for one yard, especially in the red zone. Those count as a reception, but even if it doesn't net any yards, I don't want to get, I don't want to be at a disadvantage in the betting market for not getting rewarded for those small plays.
5: And I'm so glad that you bring that up as well, because we've seen Travis Kelsey have like three touchdowns on 10 yards. So (laughs) that is something that is very, very doable in this game and how much do you have trepidation with taking a look at some of these receiver over props just with the health of both of these quarterbacks because as we know Jalen Hurts he's been dealing with a little bit of an ailment with Patrick Mahomes he's dealing with high ankle sprain and I thought it was a little bit befuddling in that game against the Cincinnati Bengals that the Chiefs even with Patrick Mahomes pretty much on one and a half good wheels they were not running the ball at all.
2: Yeah, I was actually pretty shocked, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is run around hobbling and they refuse to run the ball. I think their highest running back uh, had nine carries in, in, in effective game time when, when the game was actually on the line. I actually went and, and took A.J. Brown over 72 and a half receiving yards. A, a lot of people are going to talk about Jalen Hurts and his shoulder and how injured he is. I'm actually on Jalen Hurts over 31 and a half passing attempts. But I'll get, that to the, I'll get to that in a second. If you look at this, the game script here, we have two teams that are absolutely even. This is not going to be a cakewalk for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not going to go up 21 points and just be able to put in their subs and curtain call it in the third period like they did in their first two playoff games. A.J. Brown, he has been absolutely unguardable. If you look at the the percentages of beating man coverage in the NFL, AJ Brown actually leads the NFL, and there is no team on defense that runs more man coverage than the than the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So it's a great number and a great man beater. If we can talk about Jalen Hurts' injury uh, and if he's going to throw for 250 yards. I'm not worried about that because with a guy like AJ Brown. Him to get loose if he has one catch of 40 yards and then a couple small eight nine yard catches, he's going to get us to our over,
5: and I think that that's something that you're also taking a look at as well. Patrick Mahomes, or I should say, Jalen Hurts, with regards to his passing just overall passes as well, which is something that we're going to be hitting upon on the flip side because we've got Brad Thomas more. He does great work over at NBC Sports Bet, and while we're taking a look at the Super Bowl right now, there's another event that goes down in the great state of Arizona. That would be the Waste Management Open. Brad, along with his work on the NFL, he also does an amazing job taking a look at golf. So we're going to be taking a look at that. Time allows. We're going to be able to hit a little bit of soccer with Brad as well. That's coming up on the flip side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
4: On VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: The big game means big coverage for VSIN, starting with the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi, who is a former NFL GM, is going to be giving his pregame insights that you don't want to miss. And then you're getting special editions of Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard and the numbers game with Gil Alexander to tackle the last second line moves and give some deeper dive on props. Legendary sports broadcaster Brent Musberg is going to tell you. How he's betting the game and the big game countdown to kickoff and the big game Sunday coverage starts at 10 a.m. Eastern right here on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN the Sports Betting Network, I will be in my normal time slot for those of you guys on the West Coast very late Sunday for those of you on the East Coast very very early Monday. So yeah, you guys covered there, are Brad Thomas has us covered with some great insights on the big game, along with the Waste Management Open as well. He does great work at NBC Sports Bet. And then the last prop that you've got in terms of the Super Bowl is actually on Jalen Hurts. I know that you were talking about A.J. Brown a little bit earlier, but you're going to be taking a look at A.J. or you're going to be taking a look at Jalen Hurts over his passing attempts prop. So not yardage or anything like that, just total attempts. Take me through the handicap on this one.
2: Yeah, so when we talk about the Super Bowl, there's this two-week window of the sh- where the sharpest guys in sports just hammer the value out of line. I was going to lean a little bit on his passing yards under because of the depth of target he's had since his injury. But I'm actually going to be on his over 31-and-a-half passing attempt. He missed this number in both the playoff games with 24 and 25 yards, but let's be for real. Both those games were cakewalks. and hurts. Didn't need to play. Didn't play. Didn't throw late to the game on the season. He's averaging 30 and a half passing attempts per game, but in every single competitive game, he's hit this number. I think that this game is going to be competitive. He's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more getting first downs, moving the chains with guys like Dallas Goddard are going to be a lot more reliable than just continuously pounding the rock with Miles Sanders with the great defensive front that the Kansas City Chiefs have. I had his number somewhere around finishing around 35 passing attempts, which clears the over for me. I think this is one of those lines that's going to get overlooked because it's not one of those sexy props. Like if you're taking a Jalen Hurts prop, you're probably going to take a rushing touchdown. You're probably going to take rushing yard, rushing attempts. So it's one of those very few uh, player props in this market for this game that didn't just get beat to smithereens.
5: And I absolutely love it as well, because if you're taking a look at overs, you probably want to do it a little bit earlier in the weekend. Things are a little bit off the beaten path. Things that aren't evolving, like passing yards, touchdowns, what have you, taking a look at the actual attempts, taking a look at a little bit of a lesser player as well. Some of that might be a bit of an ancillary piece. I do think is a good way to be able to go about things and a good way to go about this week as well as not forgetting that there's other things going on in the great state of Arizona other than the big game because we've also got the Waste Management Open that is going to be going down. And Brad, you do an amazing job on the golf scene. Take me through what you're taking a look at in terms of the tournament because I know that you've got a few guys to be able to win, but you've also got some top 20s and you've got some things in the ancillary markets as well.
2: Yeah, man, TPC Scottsdale, the the, the Phoenix Open. And it's not called the greatest party on grass for nothing. It's an absolute chaotic scene expected to have over 250,000 people. And luckily for us, 23 of the top 24 in the world are set to tee off. This tournament is a TPC course. So just like any TPC course, you're going to see guys who are great ball strikers generally do well in this tournament. You want guys who are strong off approach guys who hit their ball deep and in the fairway, they could score on par fives. You need to score on par fives here because every par five is very scorable. So if you're not making birdie or better on par fives, you're actually making bogey in terms of keeping up with your fellow competitors. I actually went a w- pretty heavy in the uh, derivative market, in the placement market, with a couple guys who are either in great form or great ball strikers or play these CPC courses very well. I'm going to start with JT Poston. I took JT Poston to finish in the top 40 and the top 30 for plus 110 and plus 160. JT Poston was a guy who I considered highly volatile early in his career, but as he continues to progress, you just keep seeing him finish top 20 in condition, in conditions. And in his, in his first three tournaments of 2023, he doesn't have a finish that's worse than worse than T21. He's gained. 24.4 strokes. And what's so great about him is he plays TPC Scottsdale very well. He's finished inside the top 40 in all four trips here. His worst finish at T36. The man can roll the rock. He struggles a little bit off the off the tee but they cut down the fairways to two inches. So basically you're hitting fairway rough fish. It's two inches. It's not really rough. And then fescue. I think J.C. Poston is going to be able to rely heavily on his much improved ball striking and his great putting prowess to finish in the top uh, 40 and 30. Another guy, he's actually a guy I bet to win outright. That's Tony Finau. Tony Finau grew up in Utah, just not too far from this tournament. So they consider him one of the hometown kids. For those who don't know one year, Tony, you even donned the Kobe Bryant, Jersey, At the tournament, he is a crowd favorite. But one thing about Tony Finau, he has not won this event, and he particularly hasn't played well. He missed the cut three times, and one time he did finish solo second as he lost in a playoff. But Tony Finau is a much better golfer now than he was those years back. Tony Finau is a fantastic driver of the ball. He's long, he's accurate, and he's a great ball striker. And we want to talk about TPC courses. He just won the 3M Open last year, and that is played at TPC Twin Cities. So I don't normally play uh, the derivative market, the placement market, for, for having to pay vig. It's minus 120 but this is a price that I thought should be exploited, something that we should take advantage of. And the last guy in the derivative market I'm looking at is Jason Day. Yes, I said that correctly. We are not rewinding back to 2018, <laughs> but it sure seems like it. Jason Day has been playing great golf. He's a fantastic ball striker and he won at another TPC course, the Players' Championship down in Sawgrass in Jacksonville, Florida. So he's sitting at plus 115 for top 30.
5: And it's very interesting to take a look at Jason Day as well. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries, so you wish him absolutely nothing but the best, and I know you've got quite a few plays in terms of derivative markets. Where are some of the guys that you took a look at just to be able to win this tournament outright?
2: Yeah, man. I uh, So generally when I bet at golf tournament. I I do a couple of things. I want to see how many units risk. I I never try to bet more than three units risk on the outright market. Um, But when I built my model, everything I do is based off a set of data points and their prices inside that data point. It spit out about 10 guys who could effectively win this tournament. So I I went a little bit smaller. I'll give you a couple that I absolutely love. The first guy, Colin Morikawa plus 2,500. You're probably going to see his price now around plus 2,000. Even in addition to my models, I, b- I build a primary and a secondary model. I like to look at guys like Rick Rungood and Datagolf to see what their course fit tool spit out. He was in the top three in Rick Rungood's adjusted course fit model, which means it takes all of the key metrics without actually having to tweak anything. And it says this guy would be a good course fit. And he was number one on Datagolf. He's a great driver of the ball. He's not too long, but he's crazy accurate with his long irons. Uh, He's played this tournament well. And listen, he started the season absolutely humming. And back-to-back events, he was in contention late. Had it not been for John Rahm playing Berserk and him kind of choking, he probably would have won the Century Tournament of Champions. And what's crazy about Colin Morikawa, what's always been the knock on Colin Morikawa, has been his putting. Doesn't seem like it's it's affecting him too much. He gained 5.7 strokes putting at the tournament, Uh, of champions and 1.4 strokes at farmers another guy that i think you absolutely must look at and that is max homa max homa is one of the best golfers in the world but not a lot of people know that he's a rhythm golfer so what we're going to see from max homa is we're going to see a guy who's he's either going to be kind of you know just sitting there at that T30 range or a guy who's in contention. Why? Because just like the, the attributes I said of Tony, uh, Tony Finau match coma has it all. He's long off the tee. He's accurate. Great ball striker. What's really phenomenal is he became a, a fantastic ball striker in a span of about three years. Now he's winning tournaments left and right. And guess what? He's a fan favorite. I think he's gonna have a little bit more extra energy playing in front of these 250,000 uh, if I have time for another, I'll go with one more.
5: Go with uh, it, because
2: everyone, everyone always asks me, what should I do with my boost? Generally, I say you want to find guys closer to the top of the board, a Rory McIlroy, a John Rahm, to use your 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 boosts, your odds boost. I actually went with Xander Shoffley. If Xander Shoffley had not had injury concerns two or three weeks ago, he'd probably been pl- priced closer to ten to one. I brought him up to sixteen to 1 17 to one, depending on what time you place this bet. Xander softly is one of the most well-rounded golfers, especially T to green. And that's, that's exactly what you want. in in someone like this, he's great at par fives, great on approach. And he's a very good golfer at this price with the boost. It's something you have to play.
5: And with our boost, we utilize Brad Thomas coming on this show, Brad. We always appreciate it. My friend. Thank you.
2: Thank you for having me
5: right thomas does great work at NBC sports Bet, and you on the four final segment of the greg peterson experience updating the nba futures market and my deaconian should pick for college basketball here on VSIN, the sports betting network zigazoo
0: has made me zigzag what i mean by that is i swore i would never let my kids on social media but now i'm setting them loose on zigazoo
1: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free Does sleeping hot keep you up at night meet
6: the lisa chill collection these cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool to the touch cover zoned springs and comfy foam layers say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's lee acom forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
4: Vsin, the sports betting
5: network. Do you have any sort of questions about betting the Super Bowl? Well, a you are in luck because the Vsin Big Game Help Desk is here for you wondering how to hedge, maybe you're looking for an unusual prop or insights from one of our hosts. Well, to be able to get some help, submit your question at slash helpdesk And it could be answered by one of our experts on air or on vcin.com. As it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience on vcin, the sports bank network. Every single time we do this read, I always feel like I should be whipping out a phone. All I've got is my cell phone on me right now. Little minions on that phone as well. And I should be answering being like, hello, this is the help desk. I am Greg Peterson. How can I help you? But that said... It is absolutely tremendous that we are getting closer and closer to the big game. It was great to be able to get Brian Thomas aboard to be able to take a look at both the super bowl, along with a little bit for the waste management open. If you miss any of those picks or any of the picks made by any of our guests, visa.com slash picks. We've got you guys all covered there. You're going to be getting my hoops picks when it comes to the college basketball invitational that's being run by Matt humans as well. So we've got you guys all locked, loaded and ready for bear there. And Coming up at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Speaking of, locked, loaded, ready for Bear. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard. I think that they are going to be leading off with this game that is involving a pair of teams out there in the Northeastern Conference. Or they could be leading off with Kevin Durant getting traded to the Phoenix Suns. I think that is going to be the latter. And I can tell you right now, just give you guys a little bit of an update. We'll get to my Deacon Asia College basketball pick in a second. I was talking about this earlier that the Phoenix Suns had been met up to plus five plus 550 at DraftKings on the Futures Market Board. Well, I lied, because they've now been steamed up to 5-1. to one. This is ridiculous. I mean, you can't win with five guys in the NBA. You can't win with five guys. Like, if it's AAU, unless if you got, like, LeBron James going up against 12-year-olds. At that point, it's just completely unfair. But, man, I mean... The Phoenix Suns certainly did get a little bit better with this move, but they traded away all their depth. It's a Western conference that is going to be very wide open, but I mean, to have them in front of the Milwaukee Bucks, the Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix the Philadelphia 76ers, you're able to go down the list. Pretty ridiculous. I do think that the Clippers at plus nine fifty as well. That's pretty ridiculous too, but man, I just can't get behind this. I think it's gonna blow up in your face. And right now I'm seeing at circa because you're able to bet the yes no. The no is at minus seven sixty-five. And I always talk about it on the show value is value, whether it's with a big underdog or a big giant chalky little bit of a belt like this. Like one of my favorite Super Bowl props is the no in terms of the any sort of a kick to hit a crossbar slash the uprights. That's at minus six fifty. Honestly, I think that's good value. Minus 765, I think that that's great value. If you play this season out 100 times, the Phoenix Suns aren't winning that title more than eight times. That's honestly really, really good return on investment, in my opinion. Sure, you could bet at the one time that comes up Snake Eyes and Kevin Durant could somehow, someway, be able to just magically gel with this team. You could find everyone being able to stay healthy, and they go on some magic carpet ride. I'll bet against it every single time, so... That's something that I think is very interesting to take a look at, just like I'm going to be willing to bet against this team with my DK Nation podcast. Let's set the college basketball board, 801-802. It is Gonzaga. They are going to be playing us to San Francisco. The Dons are a 14-point underdog with your total between 154.5 and 155.5. We've seen about a 2-2.5 two to two and a half point move on this total. We've seen no move on the side in terms of the opener, and I've got no idea why. is gonzaga team has been horrible against the spread for you all season long and that's because they are horrible on defense they're currently outside the top 175 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis and and it's just been a team that all year long they've been overvalued they've got eight and two in conference and among those wins three of them they were trailing or tied in the final 90 seconds they have given up at least 74 points in nine er, yep, nine out of their last 12 games against E1 competition because they played that random game against Eastern Oregon. That gets tossed out because, well, I'm sorry, Eastern Oregon, but you aren't a D1 member. But you take a look at this Gonzaga team, and they're actually in the bottom 15 in terms of against the spread record this year. They're 7-15-1. They have been absolutely horrible. They're, like, at the same cover rate as Hartford it's not been terrific to say the least for gonzaga and with gonzaga what is terrific for them is the offense that you get from drew timmy notice how i said offense because he's been able to give the team 21.2 points seven half rebounds three and a half assists per game He does a good job on that side of things defense leaving something to be desired for gonzaga they are allowing teams at home to shoot 51.6 percent from two-point range that ranks 285th out of 363 d1 teams They're outside the top 200 in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage, and that's where the Dons are able to hurt you. They went 10 of 23 from three-point range the first time around. I very easily think that they could do that this time around as well. You've got Tyrell Ghost Roberts, Khalil Shabazz. Both of these guys are combining for about 31 points per game. You've got Mr. Tyrell Ghost Roberts, who's been able to shoot 39% from three-point range. It's a San Francisco team that has good versatility. Zane Meeks, who comes in. From Nevada, he's able to give you 12.6 rebounds per game. He's been able to pop some threes as well. Don't necessarily have that one guy that's going to go out there and give you north of six rebounds per game, but they do a good job of being able to rebound as a collective. Guys like a Vladimir Morkovsky, Sasha Gilbo-Breo, they are all guys that stand right around seven foot one. They have good size there. Marcus Williams has done a good job of being able to make the offense run a little bit more efficient. Because one trepidation that you do have with San Francisco is that. They rank in the bottom 75 in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis for the year. They're turning the ball over 14 times per game. And the only reason why they did not knock off Gonzaga the first time around is that they lost that turnover battle by a count of 17-6. to 6. It's not a Gonzaga team, by the way, that is able to really force a lot of turnovers themselves. But just a case where... San Francisco got a little bit loose with the ball, but you take a look at them over the last three games, they've been averaging 12.3 turnovers per game, 37 turnovers in those three contests, so they've been able to clean things up a little bit more on that front. For Gonzaga, you certainly do have some nice three point shooters in Julian Strother, along with Roger Bolton. They combined to shoot over 41% from three. You've had Mr. Strother be able to give you about 14 and a half points per game, Bolton a little bit over 10 points per contest, and for this reserve unit for Gonzaga, you do have Malachi Smith, who's been able to do an okay job, but was expecting a little bit more out of Hunter Salas. It's a Gonzaga team that has been terrific on offense. In terms of points scored on a per possession basis in true home games, they are number one in all of college basketball. That defense just leaving a lot to be desired, and it's the San Francisco team that has actually done a better job on the road than they have at home in terms of their offense. Not often that you see this, but they're averaging 1.9 points more per one possessions when they're away from home then they are at home and they're 37th of the country in terms of offensive efficiency when they are on the road. So it's not the first time around San Francisco led by 10 at the half. They lose that game by two, but they were able to hold in there. I think that they're gonna be able to clean up the turnovers in this game. That'll allow them to hold in there in this contest. So my DK and A should write up, that is going to be on taking the points with the Dons of San Francisco. And with this total, I think that is going the opposite way that it should. You saw over 80 points, In the first half scored by both of these teams, I think that this is going to be a little bit more of a circumstance that's going to lend itself to late-game fouling because I set my total at 9.5. San Francisco's down 8 to 10 points with a minute remaining. You've got the foul game going on, so set my total at 157.5. I'm looking over, and with my DK Nation write-up, looking at taking the 14 here with San Francisco. Also, out in this WCC, what you're seeing is a complete and utter lack of defense from everyone other than this team. 821, 822 on the betting board. St. Mary's hitting the road face off against Loyola Marymount. The Mount is a 8 to 8.5 point home underdog. Your total on this game is anywhere between 128.5 and, and 129.5. And St. Mary's has been completely dominant with their defense. Top 10 nationally in terms of points lot on her per possession basis. And they really slow things down to a crawl. They're in the bottom 35 in terms of total possessions per game. So that is something interesting to take note of. And They do a good job on the road, giving up 1.2 points more per 100 possessions in a road slash shooter court environment. Than they are at home, but I do think that Loyal Marymount is going to be able to hold in there. Set them as an eight point underdog, so anything of eight and a half or more, I'm going to be willing to take the points because we've got a pair of guys in Cam Shelton, along with Kelly Leo Pape, who have been able to combine for about 32 points per game. Leo is a six foot six combo player who's been able to shoot 44% from three. Shelton gives you 18 and a half points, four and a half assists, right around five rebounds per game. They do an absolutely tremendous job there. And for St. Mary's, you've got Ada Mahaney who's been absolutely terrific. You saw him in that game against Gonzaga really be able to take it over. He's been able to give the team 15 points per game. Good overall depth with his St. Mary's team that does a good job of being able to hit the glass. Headlined by Mitchell Saxon, being able to give you about eight rebounds per game. Alex Dusas is able to shoot it well from three-point range. Kyle Bowen, he only gives you six points per game, but shoots over 40% for three and over seven rebounds per game. But I do think that it is going to be a Loyola Maribond that holds in there. I think that they're able to take this to late game following. So I did set my closer, a little bit closer to a 130. I'm going to be willing to go over. And with the St. Mary's team, can to make them an eight point favorite? So we'll take eight and a half or more here with them out. and. VEASAN Pro Tip for our number three. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by show and by sport. Do not spend the juice to bet on the coin toss for the Super Bowl. Find a buddy that's on the other side. Reduce the juice. And that's the way that you bet the coin toss for the Super Bowl. Always bet on great content for follow the money, though. 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on VEASAN. The Sports Bank Network.